when they have a problem, you know, with, with, with this, they do that. When they have a problem with this, they do that. And so that the, the problem was that the whole thing was a lie to be, be, most of it was a lie to begin with. So Pasteur admitted before he died, he's the one who came up with the germ theory, that his germ theory was wrong. It was completely false. That the thing that leads people to get really sick is our immune system not working right. So. Welcome to the Ad Valued Entrepreneurs Podcast, where we're on a mission to end entrepreneurial unhappiness. If you're an entrepreneur with a burning desire to change the world, this podcast is for you. We're here to help you transform your life and business so that you can achieve the freedom and fulfillment you crave. This show is dedicated to entrepreneurs who want more out of their life, more meaning, more purpose, and ultimately, more happiness. You deserve it all and it's possible. I'm your host, Robert Peterson, pastor turned life coach for business owners. I believe that success without happiness is not true success at all, but there's always hope for those who are willing to take action. Join us every week as we bring you inspiring leaders and messages that will help you on your journey towards success. Thank you for investing your time with us today. Let's get started. Our guest today is one of the foremost functional medicine experts. Dr. Ilya Skolnikov is the clinical director of the Triad of Health Family Healing Center and the international award-winning speaker, creator, and Amazon best-selling author of the Skolnikov Method, New Medicine for a New You. Robert chats with Dr. Ilya Skolnikov about medicine. We get down to how our sick care system, how people are being manipulated into believing the system cares about making them better. He wants to empower people with information to make their own choices, to choose better food, better lifestyles, and choose healthy because you can. Okay, Dr. Ilya Skolnikov. Yeah, I'm the international award-winning speaker and best-selling author of the Skolnikov Method, New Medicine for a New You, the Inflammation Handbook. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm not bashful about self-promotion because it took so long to write the book and help everybody with it. Well, Dr. Ilya, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Dominic, for introducing us. Appreciate the opportunity. Love connections. And I just look forward to a, a great conversation. Um, obviously, you're creating a, a space independent of the modern medicine or in, independent of the commercialized medicine. Is that a, is that a way to, to say that? Tell us a little bit about your journey into that into that space. Yeah, well, what we can say is that We could say the exact opposite, right? You'll have to bear with me, but this is how I how I talk. Yeah. So the traditional medicine or Western medicine is the imposter. They're not the original medicine. They're the old. That they are the new medicine that I'm calling the old medicine in my book, at least, because my book is about the new medicine. So in the 19, just to give you an idea of how um, bass backwards it is, and 1960s they were using regularly they would use echinacea and golden seal for severious lung infections and they would use a little bit of eucalyptus oil and that kind of thing and that was how they would treat a lung infection but now they're not doing what they were doing <laughs> now it's it's i mean we're, we're this is only we're only talking about you know 62 years ago i mean this is not that long ago 70 maybe 68 69 years ago so now 2023, 
you know, they have these antibiotics and they have these different kinds of prescription medications and all these different things. And just the idea of it, just the concept of it is so bizarre. I mean, antibiotic means what everybody, most people who are interested in holistic health, they've already heard about anti meaning against and bios meaning life and that an antibiotic is against life. And, but they don't know the details of it. The details are that you have this microbiome. It's, it's not just in your gut, it's throughout your whole body, but like the surface of your skin has, is loaded with bacteria, both friendly and unfriendly bacteria. So things like Staphylococcus, uh, Arius, and you know all these different kinds of um, different kinds of mic microbes and things. So some even the bad ones have their own function. Like penicillin, you know, has its time and it's it's a really valuable thing. But my point is is that we have literally ten times more cells, just bacteria cells in our gut, than we do cells in our entire body, and they determine our genetic coding. Oh, is that important? Yeah. <laughs> They're determining our genes. And now you're going to turn off or turn on the signal that determines our genes with this antibiotic. And people don't talk about this, right? I'm talking about it. We're talking about it right now. And there's a few people who are talking about this. I mean, a very few, you know, whatever, 2% of healthcare providers, 4%, 6%, whatever. But it's very small number of people, you know, what? so... I think one of the one of the challenges, and and I, I mean, I, I think there's, in my mind, as as a outsider looking in, having been involved in the church for for so many years, the first shift was, the shift from, church, founded doctors hospitals, um, trying to help people, to obviously corporate money-making entities rather than, you know, nonprofits seeking to help people. But the other shift, I think, was the development of medicine, where the idea of, like, you take aspirin to get rid of a headache, and now we have patients that come into the doctor's office with symptoms, and the doctor, rather than treating cause, gets focused on treating symptoms because we've got this medicine for that symptom, and this medicine for that symptom, and this medicine for that symptom. And and like in... in in other areas, politically, we, we've lost cause. Like we, we completely forget about what causes these things. Exactly. And we're That's worried fine. about getting exactly rid of right. the, yeah. we're, we're worried about getting rid of the consequences. Right, right. We're worried about the the symptom instead of what's causing the symptom. That's my my you know, I had big a, I had a great conversation on. with somebody yesterday. He says he says, Have you ever paid attention to the medicine ads on television? And he said the first 50% of the ad is this is why this is really good for you and what it'll really do for you. And then the last 50% of the ad is if this causes you to stop breathing, causes your face to swell up, causes you to have symptoms of near death, you should stop taking it. And right. so, so half the ad is trying to convince you that this is really good for you. And the other half of the ad is trying to tell you that, well, the real consequence is this is really bad for you. Yeah. And nobody yeah. pays any attention. Yeah. Right. So it's the nobody pays any attention part that is really unsettling. I mean, it's you sort of say the whole, you know, everything you said, I'm thinking like, yeah, that's true. Good point. I see what you're saying. But the very end part of what you just said, nobody really pays any attention. That That's where it's like, oh, 
Like, like, how do we step? How do we step around that part? Like, like, how do we even talk about the people not paying attention? Like, I don't want to talk about it. You probably don't want to talk about it. But, but it's so, it's so, it's the most important thing that we're talking about is the not paying attention part. I mean, if your right leg falls off, how do you not pay attention to your right leg having fallen off, right? And so, these uh, these yahoos all over the world now, um, they decided that. They were going to start injecting people with poisonous substances. And then these poisonous substances that are designed to kill people in which are they've succeeded to do, they're going to pretend. Everybody's going to pretend because of the, the um, cognitive dissonance and because of the doublethink and because of all the things that were so successful in Nazi Germany, all of the, the propaganda from communism, all of the oh, well, I've heard the lie so many times, now I know it's really the truth because we're going to follow the science. You know, all the science means is that never follow science. That's what science is about. It's about questioning the thesis and questioning the theory and never just taking it for granted. You know, so now that we're going to not follow the science, now that we're going to just be dumb, deaf, dumb, blind, and unable to hear, unable to feel, unable to do anything, now we can just do what we're told, right? So that way we don't have to think anymore because we have this ADD society that's been nourished and, um, you know, fed, baby fed ever since we were little. I mean, I don't know about, I'm like 53 years old, you know, I don't know what, what age you are, but ever since I was little, I watched the $6 million man, right? The bionic man and, you know, Wonder Woman and all these kind of people, and they were my heroes. Nobody told me, did you notice, uh, Ilya, as a boy, that all your heroes had combined um, technology and robotics into a human and that there was an agenda ever since you were a little kid and that the the agenda was transhumanism to try to, you know, it's like, I, if I thought more, I mean, with all due respect to both you and myself, if I thought there were going to be 100 million people watching this, I wouldn't say what I'm saying right now. But I'm thinking if we have... If we have 100 or 200 people, you know, I can handle it. And there's so many people speaking out about this now. I don't think anyone's going to, like, come and pull me out of my home, in the, like, tomorrow. But in your country. Well, not this you, year. But maybe next. Year. Next year. What are you in? Where? What, what area are you in? Colorado. You're in Colorado. Okay. You know, like, if you were in Canada, there would be, like, a real threat, right? I mean, like, that's just, like, one country up, right? Or if you're in wherever. But. You know, but since but there in, are there are already threats, right? I mean, you know, there are. certain certain guests have appeared on certain podcasts, and, yeah. and people have tried to get it canceled and get it shut down because because it doesn't match the agenda, it doesn't match the the the, the narrative. And so, yeah. the frustrating thing for me right is left. the yeah. frustrating thing for me is th that's just one one symptom of this whole this whole problem. Right. It's not the, the the bigger picture is even even crazier. And, and then, of course, I think you and I were both raised that to trust this person wearing the white coat, that the white coat is an expert and and they put on <laughs> they put on the white coat. And then what, whatever right. they tell you is is what you're supposed to do. It's what it's what's best for you. And and our brain receives that information differently than it receives it from somebody that's not wearing a white coat. Why and, do you think I'm wearing the white coat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah. and I don't think people understand the power that some of, you know, my, my dad's been getting 
treatment and the the doctor said, well, this last treatment's going to make you feel sick for two or three days. So what do you think happened? He felt sick for two or three days. And, and I said, why would you ever, why, why would you ever set him up to, to be miserable for two or three days? Why not plant seeds that, you know, you, you can handle this and your body's going to, you know, but of course it's the same, they're, you know, they're poisoning him to, to try to heal him. So that's, uh, that's our new, that's our new methodology when it comes to cancer and some of these other <laughs> things is yeah. poison the body kill the body so that, that we can kill the cancer and then try to bring the body back, which. Right. Yeah. I wasn't <laughs> sure what, not what, healthy. what you wanted to talk about, but now we have like a, a more of a concrete subject. So like cancer is one of those things where um, like, I didn't think I was going to start talking about all that stuff, but yeah, it's just so disturbing what's happening now. I mean, you know, you see the, the, the value of the dollar is not really going down right now, but it's going to go down, you know, in the next couple months and years. And you see all these things happening in the government. And like I said, people have gotten these shots. And there's a there's this huge population, I'd say 40 to 50% of the population, I haven't, I don't know exactly what it is, that thinks, you know, they're gonna die tomorrow because they're gonna get this this deadly COVID thing and and then they'll not survive. And people don't realize where this fear initially came from. It came from our grandparents who grew up in a different era in the 18, like, you know, the later 1800s or the early 1900s, where, um, you know, there was a real threat to public health from infectious, not just infectious disease, but there was a problem with sanitation. And so we had in 1860, that wasn't that long ago, I guess. Uh, was it 1860? Yeah, 1860, we had little babies were being eaten by rats in hospitals in the United States. And so, you know, by 1960, things had been cleaned up completely. I mean, they got down the sanitation thing. They took care of all the people that were living and not, it's not that they were below poverty. It's that they were below poverty and filled, uh, they were living in an area filled with filth and unsanitary conditions that daily would cause a threat to their survival, which is different than just being broke and unable to eat. Broke and unable to eat means once you find food, you're probably going to be okay as long as you don't get sick and die from something else, right? But when you have an area, like a bum out on the street, they have a pretty clean condition nowadays. I mean, when you look at how things were in the late 1800s and 1900s. And so there's books written about this stuff, like The Invisible Rainbow was actually not one of them. Uh, but there's a whole, no, actually that is one of them. No, it's called, um, yeah. The Invisible Rainbow talks about radiation. I have a bunch of books back there. And then there's a another, there's a couple other book books. There's one by Suzanne Humphreys. Um, I can't remember the name of her book, but um she talks all about how you know this was the 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 world that we used to live in. And so these these really powerful people started to indoctrinate the idea that, like you said. People, when they're sick, they can take aspirin if they have pain or for a headache. And when they um, when they have a problem, you know, with 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 this, they do that. When they have a problem with this, they do that. And so that the, the problem was that the whole thing was a lie to be, be most of it was a lie to begin with. So Pasteur admitted before he died, he's the one who came up with the germ theory that his germ theory was wrong. It was completely false. That the thing that leads people to get really sick 
is our immune system not working right. So in other words, we have an unhealthy environment inside of our body. We're not fighting off foreign invaders very well, and then we can get really sick. Now it's true that if you get an infectious disease from you know another country, in this case, most of the United States is pretty good now, but you know, like in Central America and South America, and even in um, especially in Africa and China, they've had some really serious problems over the years with different kinds of parasites and viruses and things like that. It just so happens that we haven't, you know, we've eradicated those mostly here. Even malaria, we don't even have anymore. Uh, they used to have malaria in Florida, and they don't even have that anymore. So, you know, there's a huge population of the world that dies from malaria every year, but we don't we don't have it in the United States. So it gets really confusing. But, um, you know, this is this is the Rockefeller medicine. This is how they've been able to make money. So they've, you know, patented basically ways. It's not really patenting, but it's almost like they've patented ways to treat cancer because they had to first indoctrinate everyone into believing that they were going to die. And they did it. I mean, they've been so successful. It's incredible. Every People who do what I do, we know that there's no threat from cancer. You know that once you get cancer, you just heal. It's just, you have to just start changing how you live. But the people who don't know about that, they think that you need to have chemotherapy. They think that you need to, which is just ludicrous, right? So you have to take this drug and the drug basically destroys your immune system. And then what are you going to do next? Now you don't have the cancer, but you may not have the cancer, but now you're, you're, you're susceptible to almost any infection you can imagine. Even if you're not going to get that particular cancer the next day or the next year. So they've created it. They've changed the language around. They've said, this is curative. They've said, you know, it's complementary and alternative medicine. There is no complement or alternative to the original medicine from a hundred thousand years ago. This is complete bullshit. All there is, is the new ridiculousness of leeching people to balance their humors, literally to pull out more blood, which is draining them of their life force and all the craziness that led to modern medicine that came from Paracelsius. Paracelsius was great. This was in the 15 and 1600s. He was the one who was considered the original, people don't know about this, but he's considered the original father of modern medicine. It wasn't so much Hippocrates. He just said, first do no harm. Well, we know they're not doing no harm. They're doing harm right, left, sideways, backwards, forwards, any direction you go, there's harm done. So, but the Paracelsius came up with these chemicals that were really deadly and would kill off infections and things. And so that's that's fine. But, you know, that the idea should not be to kill people. It should just be to help them. And so when they came out with, you know, these 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 companies um, that were, you know, in World War Two, they had um, the company that made aspirin. I'm trying to remember the name of that company. Bayer. Bayer. Right. Bayer was the ones that had a that were getting all the benefit of free you know, slave labor. Basically, all the Jews. I'm Jewish. They were taken over to these concentration camps and they got them working hard for their company. And we still use Bayer, right? I mean, they didn't even outlaw it. I mean, it's just incredible. And, you know, the whole thing is just a farce. So the way that real healthcare works is you help people to be healthy by getting to what led them not to be healthy to begin with. So what? there's, yeah, you actually diagnose what's causing them not to feel well. It's like, yeah, your response is the correct one, which is I'll tell people, I'll, I'll tell like dentists this stuff and doctors and all these people. And they're like, 
well, wait a second. You're saying that acai berry is not the secret to me having more energy? Yeah, I'm saying the secret is to find out why you don't have a whole lot of energy, right? You <laughs> diagnose first. What's causing you to have low energy? Once we know what's causing your energy to be low, then we can figure out you know, what to do about it. Is there a structural problem? Is it that you're not healing from like a volleyball accident or something like that? Or maybe you had a car accident or whatever you had? Or maybe you just have poor range of motion for whatever reason. Or maybe you're not even eating right and consuming the calories that you need to intake. Well, that's chemical. So structural would be, you know, physical thing. You're talking about the same one third of the, of the, of the, of the, it's not a coin, but the one third of the triangle. So there's structural, you have an accident, there's chemical, you're not eating properly. You're breathing the wrong kind of air. You're drinking the wrong kind of water. You're eating the wrong kind of food. You're coming, using the wrong kind of personal care products. You're doing something crazy. You're getting off gassing from your carpet. You're smoking pot and somebody told you it was healthy, but you didn't know it wasn't. <laughs> You're laughing. Oh. You don't see my patients, do you? It's medicinal. I still have a lady. She's like, she had her appointment on Thursday. She's keeping it. But her last appointment was like, I. she's using pot every day. But nice, sweet lady. But, you know, she's it's, like, when is my appointment? I, I don't know. Just when do you want it to be? I'll just be here for you. you know, I don't need any other patients. You can come in any day, any time, because you don't know. You know, I can send you a million reminders. Anyway, it's my system's not always working right. Also, that's part of the problem. Yeah. So with cancer, you we actually have all these people that figured out the cure. So we have, it's not the cure anyway. It's multiple cures for multiple things. There's lots of different cancers. So we have Hoxie. He had his Hoxie herbal formula. He was in Texas. They shut him down. They weren't happy with him curing cancer on his own and getting recognition and money and fame. So they decided they would have all the chemotherapy all over the world instead because it's so much more dangerous, right? And then there was um, Rife, Royal Rife. He had a microscope, which wasn't that different from the microscopes we have today, but it was a, it was a little better. It was like an electron microscope and it could see these little tiny viral cells, which is even today, you can't really see a virus. It's just too small. But he figured out how to create frequencies, which are basically using sound waves to get to the exact sound wave of the virus so that it could then be destroyed. Because if you vibrate the cell at the same vibration as, as the infection, then the infection can't survive. It goes away. He got rid of cancer in his day and they got rid of him. I mean, that wasn't convenient, you know. And so we've had, you know, my colleagues and different kinds of people um, deal with these cancers. And, you know, in my office, it's illegal for me to get rid of cancer. <laughs> you know, I could do it. You know, if you have cancer, your father has cancer, they can come in two or three visits, their cancer is gone. It's If they make some lifestyle changes, it doesn't just happen by an accident. And if it's fourth stage cancer and they have their lungs involved, their liver involved, and it's traveling quickly, it may take another couple of visits, but, you know, it's illegal. So, you know, we're not going to do it. Okay. Like, it's just like, I would love to help. I mean, you can read my book, you know, 722 pages. And I kind of allude to the same thing in there. But since it's illegal for me to tell you, literally, I mean, there are actual laws. I can lose my license if I successfully help people to get rid of their cancer. It doesn't matter that I've done it five or 10 or 15 times before over the last 18 or 20, 18 years or so. It doesn't matter all my skills and training. It doesn't matter all the things that I have documented, which I'm legally allowed to document, like that people with Hashimoto's thyroiditis no longer have Hashimoto's. People with Graves' disease don't have any of their Graves' disease symptoms. They still have their thyroid. 
Graves disease is an autoimmune thyroid condition where you have a hyperthyroid. So your heart's beating really fast. They think you're going to have a heart attack. So they give you a medication to slow down your, your heart because before they had the medication, which is called methamazole or some kind of beta blocker, they had the radioactive iodine where they would just nucleate your thyroid gland and then it would die and they would just put you on the thyroid medication for life. Like my aunt who got the injections, the COVID shots, right? She got the injections about six months ago and then she died suddenly. It just happens to be the same name of a popular movie now that nobody's watching called Died Suddenly. I wonder what that movie's about. So yeah, so that's what that's the medicine that we have now. So, you know, I can write a book, I can illegally treat cancer and then get Right. So if I illegally do it, what happens then? Then I lose my license. Then nobody knows about me. Then nobody can get help. And then we're back where we were before, where I'm like, just like, I'm like Hoxie and I'm like Royal Rife and I'm like all these other guys. Right. And so we don't do it that way. I just, I just, I can't, I can't treat cancer. I can't do it. I can't help anyone with cancer. If you come to see me and you have cancer and you just magically get better, good for you. It had nothing to do with me. I could never help with anything like that. Okay. What else do you want to talk about? <laughs> so obviously structural chemical and emotional therapies to help. I've trained for 20 years how to get rid of the causes of these things. Exactly the underlying causes, all the vibration, all the light. We have all the light therapies, sound therapies. We have an infinite number of therapies, but I can't talk about it because we're talking about cancer. So go ahead. <laughs> all right. Well, well, let's switch gears. Um, let's, let's switch into another area where our culture has gone nuts and Basically, we've gone to the doctor over the last 20 years and said, I'm sad. I don't feel good. Can you give me something to make me feel better? And and now we have a plethora of antipsychotics to help people not experience their emotions. And, and basically, I think all we've done is change their emotional range to a, a, a smaller range. And then when they stop taking the medicine, the range doubles and, and we have... <laughs> even bigger issues. But I think in, in many ways, it's the same thing, right? The, they've gone to the doctor with a symptom, the symptoms gone to the pharmaceutical company, hey, we need to treat this. And, and of course, their, their drug ads are just as good, like this antidepressant will make you really, really happy, or suicidal. We don't know which until you try it. Yeah, well, that's a good point. You know what? I mean, like it's 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 not just a good point. I, I mean, so so far, all your points are excellent. I wasn't looking for you to make bad points, by the way. But yeah, this is an excellent thing what you're saying. So that so many people are affected by their their mood. You know, most people are. You know, if you look at if you look at you know the 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 full range of society, American society, with 100% of people uh, in our society, our country in the United States uses more pain medication than all other countries in the world combined. And pain is an emotional experience that's registered in the limbic portion of the brain, which is the emotional center of the brain. So um, pain is in and of itself an emotional experience. And they find that depression and mood, in other words, depression is familial is what a lot of people believe. And I, I think there's a lot of truth to it. We've also found my colleagues and myself that when a person's really toxic, they tend to get depressed whether they have it in their family or not. So, you know, a toxic liver, toxic gallbladder will lead to depression. But, you know, so there's always going to be a chemical, emotional, and structural cause. 
it's just kind of a bummer if you have it in your family because then you you know you're gonna have to do something about it probably <laughs> okay if you don't want to be depressed we will be right back after this short break are you an entrepreneur who started their business with purpose and passion only to lose sight of it amidst the daily grind we understand how frustrating that can be that's why we're offering free strategy calls to help you gain clarity on the barriers holding you back from achieving your dreams. In just 30 minutes, our experienced coaches will work with you to identify obstacles and develop strategies for overcoming them. There's no commitment or pressure, just a chance to get some assistance and clarity you need. Scheduling is easy. Simply visit smilingcall.com and select a time that works for you. Let's jump on a call and build your business together. It's time for you to add value and achieve your full potential as an entrepreneur. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. So just, I can share with you a quick story uh, when it's about four, four to six minutes. So when I was, when I was 15 years old, you know, I remember uh, my brother was off to school and I thought I heard this, this, this noise. Like I, I heard this yelling and screaming and glass breaking. And I, I, I couldn't, didn't know where all the commotion was coming from. So lo and behold, I heard, it seemed like it was coming from upstairs, which was my parents' bedroom. So there's this door that leads to the upstairs. So again, I'm only 15 years old. My brother's not around. And, you know, so I put my ear up to the door and I hear this, this, and then, Boom! And there's this loud noise. So I open the door, I go upstairs, and sure enough, my parents are there looking as though they're about to do battle in the octagon. And I say, you know, what the heck is going on? What's all this craziness? What's all this shouting? What's all this screaming? What is happening here? I can't take this anymore. I'm out of here. I'm leaving. And then I I run out the door, I slam the door behind me, I run downstairs, and I go out of the house, and I think to myself, man, what am I going to do now? I thought, I'm going to run away. That's a good idea. I should run away. And I thought, well, but runaways, kids, they usually lead terrible lives, you know, so maybe instead I should go and get a sandwich. So that's what I do. So I walk down the street that we live on. See, we lived in the perfect neighborhood. It's called uh, Upper Upper Haight Street, right near University of California, San Francisco. It's like the perfect house and the perfect neighborhood and the perfect part of San Francisco because we had the perfect family. My father was a psychiatrist. My mother was an anthropologist and everything was perfect. So I go down to my nearby perfect yellow submarine sandwich <laughs> shop and I walk in to get myself a sandwich. And I tell the lady in the front counter, she says to me with her, um, it's like a Saudi Arabian kind of uh, accent. She says, Oh, yes, Mr. Ilya, what can I get for you today? And I said, well, I'd like to get the uh, foot-long Italian toasted combo submarine sandwich with the works. I'd, I'd like to get the onions and lettuce and tomatoes, and I'd like the golden spicy brown mustard on one side with the mayonnaise on the other side, and I want to steam the side with the mayonnaise. Oh, and the one with the golden spicy brown mustard, that one we should put mozzarella cheese on it, and we should melt that right not steam it so that should be toasted and oh yeah you guys have olives olives yeah let's put on olives mushrooms yeah let's put on mushrooms and you have the pepperoncinis yeah let's put the, those on too and the alfalfa sprouts and the avocado 
I want the works. I want it all. And she said, okay, Mr. Ilya, that will be $7, please. So I looked around and at the time I actually did have this. I had, I counted the money. I don't have any money right now, but I counted the money. <laughs> Things have, times have changed. You know, we're in a difficult time and that we live in with the dollar going down in value. Right. So I, I'm like really spared today, but I counted out one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I gave her the $7 and she gave me the most amazing sandwich. And I'm sitting there eating the sandwich with my mouth watering. I think to myself, right after I finished the sandwich, at least I think to myself, hmm, that sandwich was good. So what should I do now? I ate the sandwich. The sandwich is good. Well, I guess I'll go home. So I go back to the place. Like I said, this street called uh, it's this red brick street in San Francisco, the perfect neighborhood, perfect street, perfect everything. And I walk inside. And as soon as I get inside, my mother says, where were you? What happened? We thought you ran away. I said, no, I was just hungry. You know, I had to get something to eat. I went to go get a sandwich. And my father says, well, son, we were, we were worried about you. Well, we weren't sure what happened to you. We're even considering calling the police. I said, uh, yeah, uh, we think that, uh, you know, we, because of this kind of, uh, behavior, we've decided that you should start seeing a psychiatrist. I'm like, I should start seeing a psychiatrist. You guys were one that you guys were the ones that were arguing. He said, well, yes, uh, we had some things to discuss, but uh, based upon your behavior today and your finding this need to act out emotionally, we've decided that you should start seeing a psychiatrist. So we'd like to schedule you an, apport, an, an appointment to see Dr. Von Schlockenbach. And sure enough, I had an appointment to see Dr. Von Schlockenbach and the story goes on and on and on. But as you can see, even myself and my family with a psychiatrist as a father have had our own emotional ups and downs. And I did see Dr. Von Schlockenbach and Dr. Von Schlockenbach helped me with fears of failure and fears of success. And so I talk about that in my new best-selling book, The Skolnikoff Method, New Medicine for a New You, The Inflammation Solutions Handbook, where I talk about how I kind of learned something that day. I learned that even if people seem to have everything all figured out and they seem to be perfect, maybe they're not so perfect after all. And everybody has emotional upsets and everybody has these kind of hills and valleys that they deal with in their life. Um, it's just that we need to have better solutions for the hills and better solutions for the valley valleys. And it may take something more than just a psychiatrist or more than just taking an antidepressant. And so, um, yeah, I wrote the book about many of the problems with these kinds of emotional upsets like depression, as well as the solutions for these types of things. And a lot of this has been through my own life experiences, which is hard to admit and difficult to talk about, but I do my best to do it anyway. Well, I, it's one of those things that we need to talk about. And and I think, you know, my father for certain and and for some in, in my generation, you know, we're very close in age um, and we were we were told, you know, don't be angry. We're told don't men don't cry. We're told. Right. So, so half of our emotional experience, we're told to just shut down and stuff inside of us, which of course, you know, being the third leg of that triad, we're stuffing these emotions into our gut and, right. and that impacts 
the other two areas of the triad because now we're no longer processing this emotional energy. We're jamming it back into our body where it's not designed to be. And I'm assuming technically that's going to cause inflammation. It's going to cause other issues. For my father, it's caused ulcers. It's caused a, a lifetime battle with gastrointestinal issues. And, and I know, <laughs> I'm convinced that it's more stress related than, than structurally related. And of course now it's caused structural damage. So that structural damage yeah. has permanent consequences, but not being allowed to experience emotions, not being allowed to learn how to process emotions, right? Allow anger to go from, from feeling it to, to letting it out <laughs> um, yeah. is, is a real challenge in our culture. Um, and it, I think it's a challenge for both genders. Anger is a challenge for men. There's other issue, emotional things for women as as well. So let's talk a little bit about inflammation. Obviously, inflammation is a big deal because it's part of the title of your book. Yeah. What is the role inflammation plays in this triad? Well, I'm glad you asked. So inflammation, it's interesting because it sounds like it's this kind of like a uh, Actually, I'm not sure how it sounds because I'm an educated uh, healthcare provider. But let's say I'm, I'm just trying to put my shoes and I put myself in the shoes of somebody who's not. Well, here, I'll, I'll just say it because it sounds like it's it's important enough to put in the title of your book. So to me, it sounds like the smoking gun. Yeah, people are under the impression that there's this thing called inflammation that's going to be kind of like a COVID thing. It's going to come and get them in the middle of the night and then they're done for and then they they, they can't do anything about it. And then and then they die a miser miserable death of a thousand screams. And it's not that that's wrong, nor is it correct. Inflammation is just a, a word. And the word is in terms of healthcare means that there's something causing stress to your body and it's causing stress to your organs and glands and body systems of which we have many different organs, many different glands and well only about seven or eight different glands main glands and many different body systems um so uh there's gonna be it's a little bit like any health concern is can be an inflammatory health concern and so the adrenal glands are the main stress glands and so when we have inflammation our adrenal glands are not working as well as they should be everybody has some inflammation everybody has some cancer cells the word does not to me need to be so scary. It could be like a loving, kind, sweet, and exciting word. It used to be in healthcare, when healthcare providers talked about inflammation, the only thing that they were talking about was heart conditions and heart disease. That's the, what it used to be. But then everybody got a little, got a little, I don't know what happened to them. They, they got like all esoteric and they got a little bit sidetracked and they started talking about inflammation as though it was something other than affecting the heart. And it does affect other things besides the heart. It's just that, I don't know why, they used to just measure C-reactive protein and say, in homocysteine levels and say, either you have heart disease or you don't. But there's far more to it than that. So I think, I think to me, what inflammation needs, means, it should mean to the average person is, is you have this lack of understanding of this major concept that will affect every aspect of your life. And we're talking about your health primarily, because when you're not healthy enough, you can't work well, you can't 
stand, you can't walk, you can't sleep well, you can't have good relationships, you can't think clearly, you don't have as much energy, and you can't get as much out of life. It's like there is no way of to suck the marrow out of the bone of life because there's no bone and there's no marrow available. So so the inflammation now is, a, is becoming more and more important the more I talk about it and give you an understanding of how big of a deal it is. Because what if your heart isn't working right? I mean, that's a big deal because half of Americans and even some of the other countries, half of Americans at least die of heart disease. So that's probably important, I guess. And according to traditional Chinese medicine, our heart is pretty much more or less, not really, but kind of sort of, it's a, one, of the, one of the fire element organs. So we have the heart, the uh, small intestine, the adrenal glands, the thyroids, the thyroid gland, I mean, there's one on each, there's one thyroid gland, and then we have the, uh, the uh, sex glands and organs, and those are all part of the fire element. So really that, you know, everything is affected when we have inflammation. But what, what should be talked about, and it's, sometimes it is talked about, is the cause of inflammation is going to be poisons and toxins. And we already started talking about that today, right? So we started talking about um, the air that we breathe. A lot of the time it's toxic. You know, and a beautiful, like I'm in California, you're in Colorado, we have, you know, be beautiful states. If I go out now, it's sunny, and I can just sit out in the sun and enjoy myself. But if I look up into the sky, and enjoy the blue sky. Every now and then, I'll see an airplane flying by. So I know I'm not in the middle, middle of the wilderness. But as if that wasn't enough, some airplanes have something called condensation trails that they leave, right? But other airplanes have something else called chemical trails that they leave. And so no, this isn't like theoretical or something like that. This is a real thing. Our wonderful governments of the world all around us They've decided that with some airplanes, they'll just have the natural condensation trails. And then with other airplanes, they want to control the weather. They're telling us, or they're telling us that. They're going to use barium and some, you know, aluminum, some different heavy, heavy or light metals to reflect the sun's rays so that the sun doesn't warm up the earth so much and create global warming, which is, if you didn't know about it, there is global warming, but it's not necessarily been directly attributed to fossil fuel, fuel use. It seems to have been uh, caused by a variety of different things, one of them being methane coming from termites, which nobody talks about, and other, different, other kinds of animals that have lots of manure, like cows put out a lot of methane. <laughs> this is like not what they talk about, right? This is what they were talking about when I was a kid, and then they changed the subject, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, no, it's caused by all the oil use. No, it's, no, they've had global warming before. In fact, there used to be a smaller, smaller uh, North Pole snow cap and South Pole snow cap. And then we had the Ice Age. The weather changed. The weather's always changing all the time. It's not, this isn't like the, all the science. Most of the scientists agree about what, with what I'm saying, not with what we're hearing in the media. In fact, most countries agree with what I'm saying, not what we're told in the United States. So anyway, um, the point is, is that you're not just looking at the condensation trails. You look at the chemical trails. And those chemicals are toxic. And so those chemicals, when they come down, they can land on us. We can breathe them in, even if we think we're getting fresh air. And now we can have inflammation from that. We can have inflammation from the medication we use. We can have inflammation from the hair products we're using. We can have inflammation from scented things, from cleaning products, from perfume, from the marijuana that we're told is so healthy for us and helps us to sleep well at night if we apply it wherever we're applying it. 
We can have inflammation from the pesticides in our food. We can have inflammation from there's stuff in sometimes in the water. Sometimes we have a water filter and it just filters out most of the chemicals, like 98.9% of the chemicals, but it doesn't filter out all the pesticides and herbicides and fungicides and mildicides and insecticides and emulsifiers that are in the food and the chemicals and uh, the, the food stabilizers, the um, trihalomethane, the benzene, the trichloro, uh, the fluoro, you know, chlorofluorocarbons and the prescription medications that are ending up in the water. And all these things are mostly filtered out, not to mention the heavy metals like you know, fluoride and aluminum and all the stuff that's right. So yeah, but I don't want any of that stuff in my water, right? I, I mean, like if I'm not going to die for 30 years, I'd rather just not die for 38 years or 44 years or something like that. I don't feel any like barium deficiency. It's a toxic chemical. I don't need to drink it to have a study done of my intestines to find out why I have inflammation if it's causing my inflammation because Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine was supposed to have said first do no harm, you know, primum non nocere or whatever. But then isn't that harmful if we're taking in something that's toxic? Yeah, so I think it's harmful. So inflammation is really, really huge. And to be honest with you, I, I have it in the title of the book to try to get people's attention because, whoops, people do seem to pay attention to that word, right? But um, it doesn't, it's not, it's just a word, you know, inflammation is just a word. I mean, when we're when we're when we're talking about these intestinal disorders like your father had and my father had, and when we're talking about heart disease, you know, we're talking about all these things. Inflammation comes up a lot because, you know, even though the the, the Western medicine medical establishment, I call it allopathic medicine, even though they're a little bit diluted, they do recognize that there's got to be something causing all all their patients to be so sick. And so they know that there are chemicals that are in the environment. And those chemicals are a problem. Like all the toxic chemicals cause people to get these different health problems like carcinoid syndrome, almost every modern health problem we know. Cancer is at the top of the list. So it's really hard to, to, to act like those things don't matter, you know, and then, and, and so they, they do matter. And so the word does exist and it is becoming more and more popular and there are more and more chemicals in the environment. And um, speaking of which, this guy wrote this book. This is the one I was telling you about. This is the one, the, um, the invisible rainbow, right? So <laughs> I don't know, it probably looked funny seeing me there with my socks and stuff, but the invisible rainbow talks about how the electromagnetic frequencies that comes from our cell phones and the 5G cell towers, and also even the radio frequencies, it's not just that they're they're a problem. It's so incredibly um, ingrained into our daily life that they are the problem, more or less. I mean, the guy is really fascinating. He was interviewed on 60 Minutes and everything. Arthur Furstenberg. I talk about him only briefly in my my book. But what happened was he's saying, and with with for good reason, every time they came out with a new technology ever since like you know, 1880 or 1890, there would be a new flu. So I don't have the chron chronological order and you can search this on, they haven't quite um, censored it off the internet yet. So depending on which search engine you use, I mean, I, DuckDuckGo, almost all of them are sens being censored now. They're censoring everything now, but try to go to a variety of search engines and learn about like the original Spanish flu, 
then you know that was when they came out with the special kind of radar that they now that's now you know it's that old right it's been around for you know literally a hundred years and then after they came out with the spanish flu they had all these other things like the avian flu and the this flu and the dengue fever and all this kind of stuff and now finally the COVID 19 was the culmination of the 5g networks causing certain people to get sick so i'm not saying there's not a separate COVID-19, which apparently they created in the lab, but the reason they needed a COVID-19 was because of the 5G net, you know, was because of many reasons, but one of the big reasons was because of the 5G network, right? You can't have all these people getting sick all over the world and not have an explanation. So now they have it explained, you know, it's COVID-19. That's why you're sick. You have COVID-19. We've tested for it and we found this and it's like, oh my goodness gracious me, oh my. The whole idea of these viruses is mostly theory, right? I mean, there's real fact and important things to it. There's a mineral substrate that gets into your body. It's basically nobody's documented that it's living, but it can reproduce. I think of it a little bit as like a living thing myself, but different healthcare providers have different beliefs about it. And there's something called mesoderms, which means even if you don't get exposed to something that's coming from the outside, like a like a true pathogen that I would think of a larger pathogen would be like a parasite or a bacteria or an amoeba or a protozoa or whatever, spirochete. These are larger organisms. The viruses are very, very small. But even if you, you, if you think of it not so much coming from outside to inside, it can also penetrate right through you because that's what radar does. That's what you know microwaves do. That's what radio waves do. That's what 5G does. That's what 4G does. It all does its thing going from outside to inside. It doesn't have to be, you can be in the same room with somebody who's getting one of these viruses or you can be in a different city and still get it. So a lot of it's theoretical as to why the viruses spread the way they do. I still think that there's there's a strong component to the, the things we've all been taught, which is if your hands got problems, you know, if you got uh, pathogens on your hands, don't put them in your mouth, don't put them in your eyes, don't put them in your nose. Well, I mean, we all do it by an accident, but try to go wash your hands. That helps a lot. And, you know, if you're if you're getting food that's contaminated, then that can make you sick. You know, this is real. It's just that it's not like it was in 19, 1901 or 1910 or 1880. So now, you know, things are different. So it's really good to, I mean, I'm a healthcare provider, right? So, you know, I'm going to love talking about this stuff, but I mean, I have my own excuse but even if you're not a healthcare provider, I mean, these are simple concepts. You don't have to study healthcare. You can just learn about what's the truth. You know, what's really happening when it comes to our health? Because what's really happening for real, like without making stuff up, without embellishing the truth and coming up with false facts that are otherwise known as lies, right? Instead of trying to trick people and brainwash them, let's call it for what it is. If you take substances that are foreign to the planet, that don't exist on any other planet. They've never been here and they've never been anywhere. And you bring them in a lab and you create them. And then you call them wheat, or you call them soy, or you might even put some drugs in something that was once dairy. And now you're calling it dairy, like the old dairy, when the milkman delivered the milk fresh in the 50s and 60s and early 70s, that they no longer do that anymore. If you call that stuff the same thing as the stuff you get now in the stores, now you're getting confused. So you need to look at the changes that have taken place for you know modern, modern people. 
modern people don't have, most of us, not all of us, most of us, especially if you make less than $300,000 a year, you don't have access to fresh milk, to fresh, un, you know, pasteurized butter. You don't have access to, you know, a diet without wheat and, well, you might, but unless you're really educated like me, right, you don't have access to a diet without any wheat or dairy or corn or soy or processed sugar. So you just, you just, you get, you get, you don't have no pesticides, no herbicides, no fungicides. You just have all those things in your environment. These are all the things that cause inflammation. Inflammation is a marketing term, okay? It's a sales term to get people to pay attention to something that's important. And that important thing is the stuff that I'm talking about. It's all these people that are trying to educate the community about ways to be healthier, live a healthier life, a longer life, to get sick less often, and to have an overall greater experience of life so you don't die suddenly. You could die slowly. You could die gradually. You can get really sick for a long time and suffer and then die if you want. You shouldn't necessarily die suddenly unless you have an accident, you know? You fall and you break your hip or whatever. You have gangrene. You have half of it taken out. You die in the hospital room. That's a that's a normal sudden death. There is no such thing as sudden death syndrome. <laughs> it doesn't exist. I have the DSM-4. I have the ICD-9 codes. I have the ICD-10 codes. There is no sudden death syndrome unless they came out with it last week. It doesn't exist. That's another term to confuse people. So to make them think that there was a sudden inflammation. You know, there's no sudden 5G yet, hopefully. And there's no there was the, there was the new diseases that were viral diseases that came with each technological development because humans are not designed to be able to tolerate all of this electricity in our environment. When they first came out with electricity, it was very popular and they did lots of research on it and nobody talks about it. And luckily, this guy wrote a book about it. And so with the original electricity, when people became very enthusiastic and they electrically shocked themselves on purpose to see what it was like, after, no, this, this happened like right in the 18, 1880s, 1890s, 1860s. And then all the people that were proponents of electricity that said how great it was, some of them were royalty, all the doctors, you know, 90% 90, 90 of them died. You know, they just started dying from all these health problems. They couldn't function and they, they did all this research on it. It was really pretty good research actually. And they got rid of, they even helped people with other things too. Some people couldn't hear. They they restored hearing to people that couldn't hear. Some people were blind. They restored vision to people who couldn't see with very low levels of electricity in a world that hadn't yet been experiencing electricity, in a world where there was no cell phones, there was no radio waves, there was no television TV waves, there was no uh geopathic forces from the nuclear radiation from atomic bomb testing that riddled the fabric of the universe. You know, none of this existed in the old world before 1900 or 1880. And so those, those were times when people could get sick, really sick and get healthy again. You know, now in 2023 for, you know, well over half the people, if they're over 45 or 55, and you get really, really sick, it's just not good, you know? I mean, you might get better, and then you might not, you know? Because who are you going to go to see? Who's who's going to help you get better? How much money are you going to pay to get better, you know? I mean, so, you know, things have changed. 
Well, Dr. Ilya, I appreciate you coming on the show today. Appreciate you writing your book. We'll we'll make sure the link is in is in the show notes for people to to get copies of your book. And we end every episode with our guests sharing their words of wisdom. What would you share? Words of wisdom. The words of wisdom are: um, eat great, get the book, feel great, and you can be great too. <laughs> That's about as good as I can get. All right. Dr. Dugan, thank you so much. This was fantastic. Okay. Thanks a lot, Robert. I really enjoyed the, the your, your podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to this episode, brought to you by the power of intentional decisions that lead to massive action. Those aren't just buzzwords. They're qualities that can help you take control of your life and build a successful business. To support you on this journey, we're offering you our most popular survey to help you establish a baseline. Visit enjoybizlife.com to check it out and take the first steps towards changing your life and business. We often make things more complicated than they need to be, losing sight of what's truly important. This tool will help you refocus on what matters most so that you can start doing the things you've always wanted to do, like spending quality time with loved ones. And if you enjoyed this episode, please show us some love by liking, subscribing, or leaving a review. But most importantly, share it with someone who needs to hear it. In our next episode, Sarah Shalauer is on the show sharing how human design in the creative space translate in the, into the management and leadership zone. When you care about people and seek to understand their needs, you can serve them while they help you build your company by design.